Consequence Podcast Network. This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Karun, Sasha, Matt, Ori, Dylan, Brandon, Awesome Possum Blossom, Isaac, Kate B, Tristam, Nick B, and Chris. And Chris and all the patrons want you to know that you're loved, you're listened to, and you are welcome in this awesome horror virgin community. And if you want to hang out with all of us, join us in the Facebook group. And if you want to hear the continued saga of the Patreonicals and the other patron shoutouts, join us at the end of the episode. I'm thinking of all the things in this movie. I'm like, I want to save that. I want to save it for later. Just like they were saving all their cocaine to write this movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's a set full of nosebleeds. (laughs) None of us asked for this movie, and yet we were given it anyway. (laughs) Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd, which means I don't like watching scary movies, but you guys make me watch them, except for this week when we delved into the horror comedy known as Gremlins 2. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So this movie is amazing. I did see it once as a child and I remember really liking it, although there were some parts as a child that scared me. And I stress that because this movie's fully not scary but mikey and Paige, have you guys seen this movie before i had never seen this movie before i had actually never yeah oh i had actually God. i'd never seen the first one so i had to go back and watch the first one and then watch this one so you watched gremlins one and then watch this one right and it doesn't help it make sense no, it, it doesn't. It, there's no assistance well, what do you think about the franchise now that you just fresh off of viewing they're great they're so much fun uh they're not they're not good but they're fun i was talking to todd about this before we started recording i was really struggling because gizmo reminds me of a cat where he's got kind of like cat like sounds and he's unhappy through most of this movie and it just made me sad i would just look up from my computer and look at my cat sometimes it's just like I hope you're happy, McCready, because this is making me sad. <laughs> well, you see, uh, Paige, Howie Mandel decided to play it kind of sad. Yeah, the, Howie Mandel is the voice of Gremlin. Yes. Yeah, he's the voice of Gizmo. I love Gremlins. I don't know if I talked about this the first one. I grew up with a stuffed Gizmo that I slept with. I'm sorry, what? Can stuffed animals consent? All the time. I was a child. A child. I think you're misreading what he meant by when he said slept. I think in this situation, he actually meant slept. Yes. Mm, Yeah. Okay. So, Mikey, you had a stuffed gizmo that you slept with? Yeah. I had a stuffed animal gizmo, and he was super cute, and it was one of my favorite stuffed animals, and I slept with it, and it was great. And I I watch this movie all the time as a small child. Uh, By the way, Paige, um, I've been to Mikey's place. That gizmo is still on his bed. <laughs> I'm assuming you love the franchise then, Mikey. Yeah. The first one's scarier. Yeah. But this is the one that I watched as a child. This one's super fun. Most of the jokes over a child's head. This Absolutely. is clearly a film for grown-ups that would distract a child for an hour and a half. Of the gremlins that come out of Gizmo at the very, very beginning when the water fountain gets them wet, like all of those are broken down into certain people who were like those gremlins. And the ones that the kids will like is the googly eye crazy one. Daffy is that gremlin's name. <laughs> yeah, I don't know their names. But the guy with the crazy vibe, that one is the one that's for kids. The one that laughs the whole time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just looks like a damn fool this whole movie. I hated him as a child. I liked Gizmo. Well, I mean, yeah, everyone likes Gizmo, Mikey. I do like Brainy Gremlin, although he is a missed opportunity for one of the, like a joke that would have made me laugh till I peed. So I wouldn't have even been able to talk about it tonight. I would have been still laughing. Uh, and I'll get to it when we get to that scene where I was just like, ah, I thought that's the way they were going to go. And then they went a different direction. But. I will say on this rewatch, one of my favorite characters is the voice of the building. Yes. yes! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mikey, I wrote yes. that down so many times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I laughed oh. so much. It says such crazy shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Did you notice the sound of all the doors opening in this building. Yes, it's is the original the, Star Trek. It's yes. from Star Trek, yeah. It's the Enterprise. <laughs> yes. Like, I was just like. I would love a comedy Star Trek Gremlins crossover. <laughs> I mean, it's the Tribbles episode. Oh, yes. That's what it is. But a modern day retelling where the ship is as snarky as the building. Yes. Welcome to the men's room. Are you a man? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you wash your hands. Hold on. I, I wrote it down. I have to look it up. The, the best one is the fire alarm. Oh, my. The fire alarm is great. Yes, we are on fire. Yeah. Chase that proverbial survival instinct. Yes. Please. Well, but it starts. It start, here it is. Fire, the untamed element. Enact the age-old drama of self-preservation. Indeed, we are on fire. <laughs> yeah, this movie is, it starts out at bonkers and then escalates from there. And I'm such a fan of when movies do that. Yeah, the first half an hour of this movie is okay. And then the last hour of this movie is so nuts that you're just like, Fuck every other movie on Earth. Let's yeah. just watch this forever. <laughs> I will say it's not a Christmas movie. No. Oh, it's fully not. No, we only did this because it's the year anniversary of us doing Gremlins. <laughs> and right. that makes it a tradition, Mikey. But that's the only thing that could have made this movie better. I mean, much like Christmas, this movie now lives in my heart. Oh, I love it. But let's get into it so we can talk about how much we love it on a scene-by-scene -scene basis. Let's get into it. So this movie was made six years after the original. It opens with the longest Daffy Duck attempt at a cartoon ever. Oh, man. It was so strange. It's like six minutes long or something crazy. And it's just like nonsense. But from there, we cut directly to an overhead shot of the city of New York. Yeah. And we follow as a limo makes its way through Chinatown and stops in front of a construction site, which is right next to the shop from the first movie. Yeah. So a man gets out of the limo in the suit. His butler, or what I assumed to be a butler at the time. This is not Downton Abbey. He doesn't have a valet. It's like a personal assistant, Faith. Anyway, they pull a TV and VCR out of the trunk. Yeah, because FaceTime hadn't been invented yet, Paige. Right. Except that we see someone use FaceTime later in the movie. I know. Within the building. Yes. Predicting the future. Uh, but so they bring this TV into Mr. Wing's store, set it up, and like, I don't know if you guys remember how long it used to take people to set TVs up. Took a while. So they set this whole TV up. No, Paige, this is a TV VCR combo, baby. You just plug it into the wall, you stick that tape in, and you're done. It's go time. No, the VCR is separate because it's sitting on top of oh it. Oh my God, is it? He's got a Lucy <laughs> yes. on top of his TV yes. with a VCR. Oh my God. He had three guys. Yes. They did it fast. They did it fast. <laughs> so they set this up, and then they play a video of, in my notes, I just says, is this Bobo Donald Trump? Like, this is a video of a Donald Trump adjacent character? I referred to him as handsome. Donald Trump the entire time in my notes. 
There you go. There you go. Uh, and he's basically proposing he wants to buy Mr. Wing's store to build a new shopping center in Chinatown. And the catchphrase for it is, and again, this is the catchphrase from the film. Yeah. Ple- I am not being racist. Oh, the movie is. Yeah. And it just says, where business gets oriented. And I yeah. screamed at the TV. I was like, <laughs> what is happening? I love that they show the shop owner. He even looks like, oh my God, you can't say that shit. Yeah, no, they cut to him and he's just like, no. I mean, this movie is full of stereotypes of any number of races, but most notably Asian stereotypes yeah. throughout this film egregious levels of them yes so the guy who we find out later is the head of security for clamp who is the guy in the video yeah forster the doctor from star trek that's who it was damn it that was bugging me the whole time and he's also (laughs) in inner space as one of the assassins there's also they pass by a lab one of the names of the labs in the building is the lab from inner space as well but he blows his nose and sets a handkerchief down and for some reason gizmo steals it. He actually didn't blow his nose. He set his arm on the table and it was super dusty. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He wiped the dust off his suit. Yeah, and then okay. he put it down and then Gizmo took it. I don't think Gizmo does anything with it, but you know, Gizmo's a thief or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't do know. That. I don't understand Gizmo's MO for almost anything in this movie, but he is cute, and so I'm gonna let it go. Oh yeah. He can do no wrong. Yeah, so they're basically asking if Mr. Wing will sell, and Mr. Wing is like no go away and they're like fine keep the tv and they've noticed that mr wing is coughing the whole time and so as they leave they're like we're just gonna wait <laughs> like yeah he'll die anyway. we can wait him out this dude's fully dead in six weeks yeah but before we cut to six weeks later gizmo starts to turn on the tv because gizmo we find out at the end of this movie is addicted to cable television yeah and is a huge fan of rambo yeah well i mean who's not you'd have to hate things that are good uh <laughs> so i do love that they use the quote of him saying to make it through war <laughs> yeah, you have to yeah, become yeah, yeah. war <laughs> which i feel like is the craziest line of that whole franchise But I would say that that is what happens to Gizmo throughout this movie. That is his hero arc. It is. Starting from a place of sheepishness and kindness to becoming the cold, hard killer that we know him as today. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't draw First Blood page, but he knows how to end it. He's quoting from Rambo First Blood Part 2, not Part 1. Why is it First Blood Part 2? Okay, so let's talk about Rambo. Let's, hold on, I got, first, Rambo First Blood is the first serious movie where he goes to the small town, he has this thing with a sheriff, very small scale action. The sequel, Rambo First Blood Part (laughs) 2, <laughs> I just thought it was Rambo 2. I just th- no. I never thought it was <laughs> First Blood Part 2. The general goes to where John Rambo is in prison for killing all those police officers and says, if you can go into Vietnam to rescue POWs, we will let you out of jail for murdering all those police officers. Yeah. So they give him a bow and arrow with explosive bows and arrows, and they drop him off in Vietnam to rescue POWs? Question mark. And that's where he has the speech and the bow and arrow. Well, since we're talking about Rambo, uh, you've unlocked a fun fact. They personally asked Sylvester Stallone for his permission to use Rambo's likeness. Oh, yeah. Sylvester (laughs) Stallone is crazy when it comes to movie rights. Like when he 
quote unquote wrote Cobra, which is a movie he wrote based on the book Cobra. He asked after the movie came out and it was moderately successful. He asked that author if he could pay him enough money to change the authorship of the book to Stallone. <laughs> that is bonkers. You literally took a book, liked it, wrote a screenplay. It did well enough that you then want to pretend to be the author of the book. That's nuts. Well, you know about his mom's rumpology, right? I mean, I know this is a big old long tangent, but his mom thought that she could tell the future by pictures of people's butts. Let's move on. You just blew my fucking mind. Is she still alive? I got a butt pic I got to send her. She recently passed, unfortunately, but... The thing about rumpology, Paige, is you can read everybody else. You can't read yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so six weeks later, Mr. Wing has died, and Clamp Enterprises, which is basically this big, huge building, uh, which also owns Clamp Cable Network, is going to tear down the store. And they haven't even bothered unloading it anything from the store or selling it or anything they're just tearing it down with gizmo inside because somebody just left gizmo there to fend for himself and it's super sad and i didn't like it it is real sad this made me sad because in canon mr wing he has a nephew who sold gizmo to them the first movie that's right so why wasn't he there emptying out his stuff and taking care of his dad's i mean his uncle's place i don't know but poor gizmo poor gizmo almost got hurt Yeah, he did. But uh, Gizmo gets away. Like, he isn't trapped in his cage, I guess. So he just runs out of the building, more or less. Yeah. He gets found by the the scientist guy. Yeah, but he gets outside first. Yeah, he gets outside first. But found by the scientist guys in the most improbable thing about this movie, that these scientists (laughs) are looking for exotic animals on the streets of New York. In a movie where a gremlin turns into a bat, gets covered in concrete, and then flies to at the top of a church and turns into a gargoyle, you find this... This as the most unbelievable part of the movie. Yeah. I mean, that tracks. Gremlin drinks bat DNA, grows (laughs) wings, flies outside into New York where there's constantly construction, finds concrete, perches on church, achieves higher purpose. I see no problem with that. But why would you be looking for exotic animals in New York? Like, you're just going to find a big rat. Like, is pizza rat exotic? (laughs) Anyway, so Phoebe Cates and Zach. The actor's name is Zach. It's Billy. It's Billy Peltzer. Yeah. Billy and Phoebe Cates are walking down the street trying to get to work. And this is where we find out that they want to get married and have a nice apartment, but they can't afford to. And so they're both working these horrible depressing jobs in new york at a building with revolving doors that are so fast they just fling people into walls oh it's so good i do love as they're walking to the building phoebe cates gets like bumped and like nudged around she's like everyone here is so rude or whatever yeah and then they get to the building someone nudges her out of the way from the spinny doors and then he gets spun yes and then they go through and then that person gets spit out into somebody else and they both fall And Phoebe Cates (laughs) and Billy just walk past them. Yes. My favorite is if you watch throughout the movie those doors go on a journey they do Where like we see we see that happen and then the building has the like home of the revolving door blah blah like <laughs> if they've invented them or something <laughs> then later it's like revolving doors are closed for maintenance and then at the very end when everyone's trying to get into the building at the oh, end yeah. <laughs> they can't get in because all the doors were revolving doors they have that's to- another building narrative because he's like the revolving doors are closed please use the manual doors for your entering and exiting needs. I do love that one of the times they're not working, there's a lady trapped in them. 
You can yes, see a lady it, trying to get out of them. Multiple people get trapped in them if you watch it throughout. <laughs> and it's really, it just reminded me of the, the Mitch Hedberg bit of just like escalator broken, temporarily stairs. Sorry for the convenience. <laughs> oh, Mitch. So this is where we meet kind of via video and people talking about him, Mr. Clamp, who is literally like Donald Trump. And it's this soulless corporation where Billy is good at his job, but it's a total nightmare. And he's working on artwork for the stuff that they build. Yeah, he's sort of like a designer. He's not an architect because right. he's not like drawing up plans. No, he's in the publicity department. Yeah, which is even yeah. weirder that they're just like, draw a picture of the thing. And then we print that thing on a thing. And it's a real convoluted job. But he's literally a barcode to this company. Yeah, They don't let him have a potted plant or his own art. It's pretty sad. It's it's a bummer. I did love that scene where Forrester was talking about the art because he's talking about his shitty small town drawing that he did. And then he walks over to the wall and says, this company spends a lot of money on sanctioned art for everyone <laughs> to enjoy. And it's literally just like three rectangles and a triangle. Yes. Sanctioned <laughs> art. It's worse than the painting that's above Mikey right now. <laughs> That's my great grandfather's diner in Mississippi that they own. God, Mikey, <laughs> why do why do you always high road me when I make jokes? I can't have one thing. <laughs> it was a gift from the family oh. to me, and I inherited it when my grandmother died. I apologize. I'm so sorry. It's a lovely painting. It's a lovely painting. My mom worked there growing up, and my great grandmother also worked there, and my grandparents it, worked there. Oh my god! I know the recipe of the special burgers they used to make. And <laughs> Some say if you look on the back and use lemon oil. And reveal the hidden message You can find mm -hmm. out which branches of the family tree Don't fork Yeah I did that last <laughs> week And then the hidden message was Todd's an asshole <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. It's just like that stupid shirt Mikey's wearing My mom died in this shirt <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> Do you want to make fun of the painting on the other side of the room It's a collage of my dead dog did the dog make the collage? No. Okay. no, no. My mom made it for me for Christmas the year after she died. She took a paw print when she had cancer and put it in the collage with other pictures oh, of me. Mikey, shut up. You're going to make me cry. Stop it. The year after the dog died. For a second, we, the way you said that, I was like, I thought your mom was alive, but how would she make a collage <laughs> after she died? No, I already took her handprint for in case that happens. Well, this got real dark. <laughs> So anyway, later on in the building, we see that they have like a security room with all these cameras and they're like firing people for taking extra smoke breaks because they're total dicks. Yeah. That guy was in inner space, too. Yes, he was. This fun fact, this is just actually inner space with puppets. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah, no, a guy goes on a smoke break and they're like zoom the camera in, and they fire him over the intercom and then the building chimes out employment opportunity on level seven yeah like they have people in the lobby just waiting for someone to get fired so they can run up to that floor and apply for the position <laughs> late stage <laughs> capitalism baby so we cut to phoebe kate's giving tours of the building and again we're hearing her like just list off stuff around the building and she just says including a popular line of jams and jellies yeah, it, one of the high-tech <laughs> things she mentions is jams and jellies. We cut to Billy visiting the Dracula TV show. Yeah, he visits the set. Yeah, the yeah. set. 
And it's modeled after, so the grandpa from the Munsters used to have a show like this. Oh, really? In the 80s. And so it's modeled after that. Um, but the funny thing I think about this movie is they treat him as if he just dresses like Dracula all the time. Like, Well, he does. <laughs> yeah, we never don't see him dressed as Dracula. Like, he's just constantly walking around in full Dracula. Like, hey, where are you guys going for lunch? Like, he's just Dracula 24-7. And yeah. they refer to him as such the entire movie. Yeah, they just call him Dracula. Yeah, in the credits, he's billed as Grandpa Fred. Yes, Grandpa Fred. <laughs> Which I don't think they ever refer to him as. Yeah. I didn't know his name was Fred. The character of Grandpa Fred was based on Al Lewis's character, Grandpa Munster, from the Munsters in the 1960s. And in the 1980s, Al Lewis, who originally played Grandpa Munster, hosted a show on TBS called Super Scary Saturday, where he would show old monster movies just as Grandpa Fred does in this movie. Although, Grandpa Fred establishes in this film that his show airs at 3.30 a.m. when the only thing that scares people up at 3.30 a.m. is getting sober or finding work. I know. I sort of <laughs> love that line. I was like, oh my God, this guy knows his demo. Well, and he's like, I always wanted to do the news. And it implies that he wanted to do the news as Dracula. <laughs> I mean, he's not dressed up, Paige. This is how he dresses. I know. I would watch the news more if it was like, welcome to the midnight news. It's Dracula. <laughs> Top stories. Blood, blood, blood. <laughs> shooting at the mall. <laughs> like, we have 24-hour <laughs> news networks. Why don't they change the themes as they go throughout the night? Just saying. That's actually, yes. Anyway, they're talking and basically saying he should show older movies. And he says that Mr. Clamp only likes color. So... This movie is really setting up Clamp to be kind of like a horrible Donald Trump character. And then it can't decide if he's the villain or not. Yeah. We're still dealing with like the late 80s. Like capitalism is amazing. So yes. like he's still douchey, but like also like it's going to save us. Yeah. I honestly feel like the real villain in this movie is hubris because handsome Donald Trump is really just trying to like progress or whatever. Right. And it's like ruining everything and he doesn't see it that way. Right. Right. I loved when the, the building was like Clamp Cable is going to show Casablanca, but full color. <laughs> in full color with a new ending. Is what it said. <laughs> I mean, the building even looks a lot like Trump Tower, except it doesn't look gaudy. It's like very sleek and silver. It's not it like kind of looks like and... the Mall of America is what oh, it looks it, yeah, like. It does. Like half this high rise is food court. Like it's real weird. Delicious. Um, I'm on board for that. Delicious. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. But also, and Dracula tells Billy about this. On one of the higher floors, there's a genetics lab and we cut to that genetics lab called slice o life designer jeans <laughs> but we reveal that th these are the people that found gizmo yeah and their boss is christopher lee yeah saruman the wise is the head scientist of slice o life yeah <laughs> i think you mean sir christopher lee oh yeah that's true he is a sir Sir Christopher Lee is making Urukai in this high rise. Uh, <laughs> no, he fully is. He doesn't know it, but he's about to. Yeah. So Julia Sweeney is his secretary and she 
is the goopiest sneezer. Her sneezes oh. are wet. The foley on this was like, <laughs> what if we blew through a bowl of jello? Like, it's just <laughs> real gross. It is real gross. But so she blows her nose, and Christopher Lee just like takes it and shoves it in his pocket. Well, because he wanted the plague or whatever, he got. He ordered malaria, and That's the what flu it was, was yeah. back ordered. Yeah. And he's like, well, I want the flu. And then she sneezes into her tissue. Yeah. And he like takes it from her and then hands it to someone and says, like, calibrate this or whatever you say have this analyzed yeah have this analyzed the best part was he put it in his pocket for seven feet and he patted it like he was gonna go on a long journey down the hallway (laughs) and he takes takes (laughs) (laughs) i think he just remembered he was the boss and could order people around he's like why am i holding a snot filled handkerchief analyze this you idiot (laughs) what's even funnier is as we kind of go through this room we see a bunch of other animals and they have a cow hooked up to like a head helmet thing that's yes. clearly making the cow talk and it's just like I like being milked being milked <laughs> is very enjoyable I enjoy <laughs> giving milk it's one yeah. of the things <laughs> that's that dairy farm propaganda yeah it is <laughs> cheese is great <laughs> So this is where we establish that they're trying to kind of clone Gizmo and isolate what makes Gizmo Gizmo and Gizmo dances and tries to run away. And this is where Christopher Lee is like, I want to know about your skeletal structure. So we're going to cut you open. So he reveals that basically (laughs) when they're done testing him, they're going to kill him and cut him open. Yeah, they're going to dissect him. Yeah. In their defense, they should have done that. Then none of this would have happened. I mean, yeah, you're right. But that would end in Gizmo dying. And you're a bastard for talking about that. Gizmo (laughs) is the best. Gizmo can never die. No, I will not be okay. No. <laughs> He's too dangerous to live, you guys. Like if he like if you just follow the rules, Mikey, everything'll be fine. What animal doesn't drink water? <laughs> he can drink water, Mikey. He can't get it on his body. That's real weird. <laughs> I do want to point out before we leave this scene that this scene is where we realize that this lab has successfully cloned somebody. Yeah, because it's got two scientists that look exactly alike. Yeah, and that's Don yes. and Dan Stanton. They've done a lot of things as twins. As twins. The reason I know this is because they were in Terminator 2. Terminator 2? Who were they in Terminator 2? They were Lewis the guard. Oh. Oh, you mean because he turns into the other one? Yes. Oh. But because. Because it's it's easier back then to have two twins that look a lot alike than it was to do CG. Yes. Anyway, so they got a lot of work because they just looked a lot alike. So we find out via the first Zoom call, like FaceTime within this building yeah. at Billy's desk, uh, that Phoebe Cates knows a ton about the building and that even though it's supposed to be this modern pinnacle of technology... A lot of it doesn't work. Yeah, it's like when someone releases a new piece of hardware, a new piece of software, like there's a lot of bugs in it. Right. And that is what is happening with this whole building. All of it's cutting edge, but because of it, it's like bad. It doesn't work. Right. And as he's talking to her, he hears the postman whistling. Now, the postman was just upstairs in the the gene lab and he's whistling gizmo's song and so billy is like whoa hey where'd you hear that song because he immediately years later remembers the song i haven't heard that song in six years of course he remembers the song it murdered half the town and yeah absolutely so he pretends to be a copy machine repair guy and goes up to the lab where he's able to walk right in and this is where we overhear what they're trying to do in the lab where they're trying to like make rats electronics so that they can power a portable radio for a month <laughs> <laughs> Paige, they're not trying. They are succeeding. Like they feed the rat 
electrified cheese, and then they put a light bulb on its back and it goes off, right? Yeah, right. they did it. They do everything. They made that tomato indestructible. That's yeah, true. Indestructible tomato and a giant spider. But yep. when Christopher Lee touched the rat, it like shocked him, which is shock right. shadowing for later. But he was like, it'd be great if you could touch them. But who wants to touch a rat, Christopher Lee? Get your head out of your ass. <laughs> Get back to making orcs. Do what yeah, you're good what at. What are you doing? So he, so he finds Gizmo, grabs him, and opens cages on his way out as a diversion. So the monkeys get into some of their samples. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. We're going to get in your samples. We're gonna turn into a spider <laughs> and catch babes in our web. So oh, you mean a spider monkey? <laughs> yes, Mikey, a spider monkey. Hell yeah. Just like in Twilight. <laughs> there are no sexy piggyback rides in this movie, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 so yeah, we yeah, cut yeah, to yeah. the men's room where we hear the voice of the building again, which is, Welcome to the men's room. Are you a man? Hello, man. <laughs> I love when he walks into the men's room. There's a guy in there. That guy walks out, and the door goes, I hope you washed your hands. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? So he opens the, he's got like a toolbox that he's put Gizmo in. Yeah. And he opens him, and Gizmo pops out and purrs like a cat. And I was... It, <laughs> Paige, you're like way into this. <laughs> I didn't like them being mean to Gizmo. I didn't like them being mean to Gizmo either, Paige. I just think it's funny that you're like in love with it. Well, it's like a cat that kind of talks and watches Rambo with you. And really likes cable TV. Me too. Yeah, I mean, I wish they were real. Perfect pet. Me too. Yeah. I mean, not the perfect pet. This is a nightmare waiting to happen, but he's very cute. <laughs> But if you could remove the bad elements of it, like if you could get rid of the gremlin side of the the mogwais and just right, have a right, gizmo, right. like that would be awesome. Yeah, if you yeah. can feed them and get them wet, it'd be fine. Yeah. No. Wet ass gremlins. I see. This is why I didn't want to <laughs> yeah. go. That's why I said no. Because bring your toolbox and a mop full of these uh, wet ass. Gremlins. Yeah. Yo, let me see that wag. I'm talking <laughs> pop, pop, pop out the back of a gremlin. <laughs> this is where I didn't want it to go, but I knew we could get here. I want you to put bat wings on that little gremlin. Okay, never mind. Uh, go away. Uh, so <laughs> you just tell the thoughts to go away. Go away. <laughs> bye bye. Uh, so we cut to Billy gets back to his office. He puts Gizmo in a file cabinet, and Mr. Clamp is touring that part of the building. Which is a big deal. Huge deal. Yeah. And he likes Billy's drawing, but uh, he notices the drawer opening, and he's like, oh, it's an automatic drawer. He's like, oh, I didn't know we invented that. Good job. Bye. (laughs) I do love that they position him as, like, the head guy, like, the CEO or whatever, but he is in his office, like, nothing to do, right? So he's like, take dictation, or like, "Let's, let's do some memos or whatever. So he decides to go on a tour because this dude literally is so like he's created something so big. He's now out of touch with everything. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. And I love that about his character because it's realistic. Yes. Now, (laughs) this is where Billy's boss hits on him. Now, his boss is played by the popular girl from 16 Candles. Yeah. And she basically is trying to get him to go to dinner. And it's implied that she only wants to get close to him because the CEO liked him. 
that she's kind of like social climbing. It is implied that, yes, that is not the case, though. Yeah. So she asks him to go to a new Canadian restaurant where they clean the fish right at your table. And he's like, that sounds great. And I was like, no, it doesn't. It sounds like you're watching a fish get murdered and gutted in front of you. Well, he (laughs) doesn't want to go, but he needs to get her away from Gizmo or whatever, right? Right. Oh, I thought that he did want to go. And I'll just say this. I don't think he wanted to go because he was attracted to her or whatever. I don't think there's anything romantic on his side of it. I think he wanted to go because in his mind, he needs to make more money so he and Phoebe Cates can get married. So I feel like he wanted to go to sort of help his career. No, because he says no like four times. Yeah, I didn't think he wanted to go. I think he felt pressured to go and that's why he ultimately goes. That's fair. Maybe you're right. I do feel like there's a lot of pressure on him to provide and all that Mm -hmm. like, you know, machismo stuff that it sort of started to go away some, but still it's sort of prevalent today yeah so he tells gizmo to stay in the file cabinet but gizmo climbs out even though he shouldn't gizmo's a bad little mogwai he's a bad <laughs> one and he, he calls- causes the death of like 100 people in this building and y'all are like he's so cute mikey no one dies in this movie oh multiple people die in this film <laughs> wait really Yes, there are multiple deaths in this movie. They are all off screen then. We talk about this the first Gremlins movie episode. A lot of people have died off screen or on screen and it just cuts away. And then you're like, huh. Remember the couple who shows up in this film? We thought we're dead in the first film. That is true. (laughs) The Futtermans. Murray and Sheila. Yeah, the Futtermans. Yeah, absolutely. So he stops by Phoebe Cates' locker room where she is on break or whatever from her tours and tells her to pick up Gizmo and take him home and then he'll basically meet her at home. And this is where we get the like Casablanca in full color with a whole new ending. (laughs) (laughs) Here's looking at you, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And Phoebe Cates has the normal reaction, which is like, that's a bad idea. I don't want to bring that thing home. Yes. Remember our town that was all the way destroyed six years ago? Yes. That was all the way destroyed. I mean, you're right. (laughs) While we're waiting for Phoebe Cates to get there, a guy comes to fix the water fountain next to Billy's desk. As he's doing so, it shoots water and it misses Gizmo twice, but then eventually ruins Billy's drawing and then drips down onto Gizmo. Yeah. And gremlins pop out of his back, which I hate. I hate, 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 hate so yeah, much. it makes me feel weird. I don't like it. I really, really dislike it. There's a phobia of like porous yeah. creatures. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I have it too, Paige. I don't like it. Don't the like most it. body horror part of this movie is when they're coming out of their backs. Yeah, I hate it. Yes. Whether it's a Gizmo or the hairy Mogwais, or whether it's the gremlins that are popping out of the gremlins back. I it's hate that. Always worse. gross. The effects were good, but like for a children's movie, like having them melt into bones and the birth oh. of the new gremlins, it's all a little too much for a small child. Yeah. So the gremlins pop out of his back. Yeah. And he's a dad. He's a dad. A couple <laughs> evil looking gremlins and one like buck toothed doofy gremlin and then one who's constantly got his eyes swirling in different directions. Paige, do you know how uh, to keep a gremlin from getting pregnant? He's got to wear his rubbers. Oh my God. I love it. Bring a bucket <laughs> and a mop for these wet ass <laughs> gremlins. Um <laughs> Because rubbers are like rain shoes. Mikey, we get it. You guys didn't laugh a lot. <laughs> I'm telling Wop. I wrote that joke. I'm sorry. You wrote that joke? You like wrote it out? Uh-huh. 
Oh, Mikey, you're taking notes? Right here. <laughs> hey, be nice about that joke. It was his dad's joke, and he handed it down to him, and he carried it <laughs> through the war and then passed it down. It was my uncle's dying words. He said, I have nothing to give you because I used it all selfishly. The only thing I can give you is this joke. I'm sorry, but that painting high road joke is going to be the funniest thing we do on this podcast. <laughs> that shit was hilarious. It also hurt my feelings, but it was hilarious. <laughs> hurt my feelings, too, because it was my family's painting that was passed down to me that I proudly hang in my living room. So they're trying to hurt Gizmo. They take his armband, which is all he has left from Mr. Wing, which is very sad. That is so sad. I, I think it's insane to me that they are literally seconds away from being born, and they're already like aware of what is happening around them. They already know that they could beat up Gizmo and they're assholes to him. They're assholes. That is an insane thing for what is essentially a baby to do. See, I thought they were just clones of the three of the first movie. Like, I was like, okay, so if he gets wet, he just creates the same gremlins over and over again? <laughs> oh, I don't know. That would be good for the props department, but I think that's a little bit wrong. Yeah. Because one's like Spike, one's like a goofy one, and one's like a mean one. Or one with like a serious one. But there's five. There's five of them. Anyway, they, they push Gizmo into one of the air vents and trap him inside. Yeah, he's an air vent jail. Yep. And then they go down, or three of them go downstairs in the elevator. Phoebe Cates goes upstairs and she sees the dumb gremlin that's not Gizmo. And I'm like, how do you not recognize Gizmo? <laughs> like, Yeah, you were in that movie too, Mrs. Cates. Right? She's a bad girlfriend. What? How wow. dare you? Because she doesn't even recognize his pet. Wow. Horrible things happen to her both on Christmas and in a park with a man that looks like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> and no one listens to her throughout either of the movies when she's trying to bear her soul about her trauma. Everyone's like, Phoebe, shut up. the wrong time. <laughs> was that your favorite part of the first movie when she goes in that monologue? Well, so I, I knew that was coming because I had heard about the movie. I knew about that. What I didn't expect was for it to come back as a backhanded joke in this movie where it's almost like this movie's just like fuck your stupid story phoebe cates i know this is nuts i've never seen a let's continue to shit on someone callback from a previous movie this is the so only movie funny. franchise that does it it's amazing i laugh out loud <laughs> anyways the gremlins have now gone downstairs into the ice cream store and we cut to the restaurant where Billy and his boss are eating. And there's like a giant taxidermied ram between them. Like it's a guest at dinner with them. Like that's how close <laughs> it is to them. I would eat there. I would fully eat there. This place looks nuts. Are you kidding me? I'd go just for the selfies. Let's do this. Yeah. Uh, and she is kind of making it seem like it's work. But then she takes off her shoe and tries to give him a foot job in a children's <laughs> film. Yeah. In a children's <laughs> film. She's given foot jibbers to, for like kids to see. Which also, no, I don't want someone sticking their foot in my nuts at dinner. It's not bad. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not sexy or whatever, but I'm going to try and eat some of this chocolate mousse. Yeah, the chocolate moose, the chocolate anter antlers, and a Molson joke in a sh movie for children. But, like, <laughs> there must be some sort of AI robot HR that he can talk to, and he should because he has been assaulted. Yeah. My favorite is as he leaves the restaurant, they're trying to carve up that chocolate moose, and they just say, how about some horn? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I like that the waiters are fully dressed as Mounties. Yeah. Oh, my God. This The restaurant is nuts. Before he leaves, she gives him kind of a kiss on the cheek, but smears her lipstick on him. So 
back at their apartment, Phoebe Cates has the dumb gremlin and she's trying to feed it. And it's basically just throwing food at her and is clearly the wrong gremlin. Yeah. And so Billy gets home and he still has the lipstick on and she's just like, um, excuse me. Hello. She doesn't say anything, though. I know. She doesn't say anything. Like, she clearly notices it. It's really obvious. Yeah. And he comes in and this gremlin is hog wild. And he's like, that's not Gizmo. What's wrong with you, basically? And as they're having this conversation, they're family friends from the first movie. Movie, come over <laughs> the people that we thought were dead the futterman the futterman yeah. who he establishes that he's very racist against russians and a number of other people well this was still during the cold war it's 1990 yeah this is the cold war is over at this point i don't think it falls until 91 the wall falls in 89 i mean the berlin wall falls in 89 but i'm like i'm sure stuff was still going on but in 1990 like it's pretty much over at that point if this came out in 90, it was probably filming. It was probably filmed in 89. You're probably right. Uh, so we find out that he had a mental breakdown after the first gremlin incident. As you should. That's some crazy shit. That's some crazy shit. They shot an old woman out of her house and into the street. And she <laughs> splattered onto the street. And they drove like something through his window. Yep. A snowplow. They yeah. drove it through his house. Yeah. So they tell them that they can't stay in their apartment because there's mice and bugs. Did you guys catch that they said that they had been on a Greyhound bus for 32 hours? Yes. Why? Where were they coming from? California? Have you never taken Greyhound? Not for 32 hours. Well, it always takes like four times as long as it would take to just drive somewhere. Ugh. Yeah. That's horrible. And it's like a throwaway thing. Why not just say, hey, the flight was, we just got here. Like, why even say that? I don't know. That's insane. It is crazy. Uh, we cut to the ice cream place back in the tower where all of the Mogwai are eating ice cream and candy and they're popping out of like the M&M buckets. It's a yogurt. It's a yogurt place. Like a frozen because yogurt everyone place. everyone eating that is like, this is supposed to be health food, but they're putting peanut butter cups and yes. like sugar in it and they're like, this is supposed to be healthy. Is yeah. this, are, are they organic? Are they free range peanut butter cups? Uh, <laughs> I don't think you know what that means. They think it's a rat. Uh, I don't think they know what rats are. Well, no, because they clearly see the hand. Rats don't right. have hands like that, baby. I mean, unless you're watching Ratatouille. I guess that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. As that's happening, Phoebe Cates and Billy get there and they follow the screams because it's after midnight and now they've eaten. So that now they go get an axe and try to find the water supply because they think that's where the gremlins are going to make their cocoons. Right. Well, they want to turn off the water so they can't get wet. That makes right. sense. Like, they're just trying yeah. to abide by the rules. A uh, security guard catches them because they trigger the alarm in the building because it's a fancy smart building. The security guard who is armed and insane. <laughs> yes. And just in time to stop him from shooting them, the doofy gremlin bites him in the face. Yeah, like fully bites the tip of his nose off. Right. And at this point, Billy's trying to tell him, like, you've got to shut the building down. They're going to hatch. You've got to help me out. And he doesn't believe him. So they take him to jail along with a police truck full of mimes. <laughs> That's my favorite, like, detail. <laughs> Where you're just like, what? Why? My favorite detail is coming up because the Futtermans left their apartment that night and they went back to the office where they get arrested and then they get out of jail that next morning. And when it cuts to the Futtermans again, they're still on the street holding their luggage. Yes. Yeah, as if they've been walking all night. 
Yeah, that was insane to me. So we cut back to the building. Now that Billy's out of jail, it's like six in the morning and the cocoons are already hatching. Oh, yeah. And it's clear that they are evil gremlins. And Gizmo is still trapped in the vents. He falls down the vent into the basement where the cocoons are hatching. And the gremlins basically start beating him up. So as Billy and Phoebe Cates get there, they buy flashlights at the gift shop, which don't seem to work. They play fast and loose with lights in this movie as to whether or not they actually hurt the gremlins or not. Because there's a lot of times where there's light shining on them and they are fine. It's weird. Yeah, I don't really quite understand the light rules in this because they are sometimes scared of the light. And then at the end, when they're singing New York, New York, there are fully spotlights just yes. going through the crowd of gremlins. So I think you guys need to stop asking questions. <laughs> But at this point, Phoebe Cates and Billy run into his boss, who's clearly hitting on him and then doesn't want to talk to Phoebe Cates. And she just says, if we get through today alive, you're in big trouble. And they go to try and get people to evacuate the building. No one believes them. She has to go on giving her tour for the day where she meets Mr. Katsuki, who uh, is a horrific racist stereotype yeah but do you recognize who he is yeah it's getting watanabe yeah 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 he's he's in a lot of like 80s and early 90s stuff i love that guy yeah he's he's great unfortunately often typecast as a stereotype but yeah. a very talented actor a very underutilized talented actor underutilized talented yeah. actor i think he has like three lines in this and he's by far the best actor well my favorite <laughs> is like more recently he's been given a lot more roles that have a lot more depth and are really really interesting interesting yeah and it's one of those things where you're like man they didn't let you do shit in the 80s this is a bummer <laughs> so they go into the next room where they're they're having a microwave cooking show microwave with marge baby you didn't watch microwave that with marge yeah. uh, and she's basically microwaving liquor and bologna <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what I you do loved it because she's like, some people use a little sherry. And then she takes a big shot. She's like, I use a lot. And pours a whole <laughs> glass on just a pile of bloating. Yeah. And as she's doing that, a gremlin pops up through the machine in the security room where they're like looking at the cameras for it. Time out. Because the, the conversation they're having before he pops up is the is the writer's room. Yes, So what it if is. it's a midnight in one time zone and not in the other? And like, right. just, did they still change? I, I love, because they have all these valid questions about the rules and then the, the film just ignores it all completely. I, I feel like this film truly understands how fucking bonkers it is. Yes. And at many points tells you and this is one of those points where it's just like hey wait a second we didn't think this through did we and then interrupts that conversation with a lizard looking mogwai popping out alien style and killing a man yeah, yeah. he murders that guy he does murder him yes it's insane so we cut back to microwaving with marge where she's making in her words a tuna noodle cheese product chowder surprise oh the surprise <laughs> is you're dying in a massive pot like in a bathtub sized piece of cookware that she's like let's put it in the microwave like, oh my god i have to tell a work story okay oh god <laughs> we tricked a girl into thinking she may have had bed bugs a new employee and she mikey like, you can't she, do that to employees no this was back in the day we were like co-workers okay how'd you trick her into thinking she had bed bugs well we were just like she's like i'm itching what do you think it is and we're like it's probably bed bugs you're gonna have to boil your sheets so she went and bought a giant pot without us knowing and tried to boil her sheets at her stove. It was hilarious. Did she do it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are mean. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. 
that lady's sheets are on the stove and the stupid looking goofy eyed gremlin pops out of the pot yeah. and then there's another gremlin in the cupboard behind her and then she turns and the little buck gremlin is dressed as a chef which is the first of many times that i have questions about where the gremlins are getting clothes in gremlin sizes yeah what you don't see is about a third of the gremlins that hatch that morning they're just like people that make clothes it's just the costume department <laughs> it's a cabbage patch kid store with all these different little outfits up there I guess, but like the the range of outfits, like why does a Cabbage Patch doll need an evening gown with a deep V to show cleavage? We know why, Paige. Let's not get into it. That's true. We know Paige, why. Paige, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cabbage Patch kids got to make a living. Oof. Anyway, the other thing that bothered me about this is this is a TV set, and the one thing that TV sets have fuck tons of is lights. Oh, yeah. They clearly have a shitload of lights, but they're fine. They're not worried they're about fine. it. They're fine. Although, I will say this, the power is going in and out, and the lights are dimming when they're attacking, so maybe that's how they get around it, but maybe. if you're looking for logic in Gremlins 2, yeah, you're looking in the true. wrong place. Yeah. Uh, next, they put metal utensils in the microwave and explode it, and the whole TV set fills with light and i think it kills that one gremlin that oh, was it does it does kill that one gremlin no one gremlin turns around and takes a photo of him and die and it dies yes yes yeah he turns oh, to literally just bones yeah yeah but as they're basically destroying this set they do get covered with water and then we have to watch the back things again and i hate it yeah i don't like it either like but it, it. it makes hundreds of them in this room. Yeah. Because it's a sprinkler from overhead and it's like. Right. Melty. And it just keeps going. At this point, the building system senses it where they're like, there's a pest infestation. It's critical and it's going on in Studio D. And they've got brownouts in five more locations. And at this point, the security guy just says, whatever they are, they've got to respect the chain of command, which is a bonkers thing to say. <laughs> like, it, is. it makes no sense. No, that is ridiculous. It's crazy. We see that they've captured Gizmo and they've kind of been torturing him and they have him on the copier, which again, full of light. Why isn't it hurting him? <laughs> like, I don't know what the rules are. But they're making a bunch of pictures, like copied pictures of Gizmo. Yeah. Next, Phoebe Cates gets into an elevator to try and escape, but they have control of the elevator. <laughs> I love this part. This is one of my favorites where she just says, sound the alarm. And they just say like, it's clearly the Kremlins. We cut up to the penthouse where Mr. Clapp, the guy who designed the building yeah. has nothing to do. And he's just kind of ordering his secretary around to keep busy. It's clamp clamp. I'm sorry. It is clap clamp. Mr. Clap. <laughs> this is the only place I have. It is clap. I don't know why it is clamp. <laughs> Mr. Clap was what he did in college. Yeah. To, the, to them booties. Cheeks. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> so while he's ordering his secretary around, a gremlin has gotten in and puts a mouse trap in the secretary's sandwich, which, like, you would notice that. You, you absolutely would. And if you watch as he's placing it in the sandwich, all you see are arms. Yeah. So you have, like, a puppeteer, like, placing it. And then as the puppeteer moves the arms down away, he does, like, this little, like, nailed it thing with his hands <laughs> on the way down. <laughs> so perfect. Like, a chef is like, Mwah! and then drops his hands. It was so funny. Yeah, but she dies. Yeah, she's dead. Yeah, she just evaporates. You never see her again, but the gremlin is wearing her her, uh, her clothes. Sweater. Your clothes, her clothes, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> and then he puts the gremlin through the shredder like the wood chipper scene in Fargo. It's insane. <laughs> it is crazy. I love that when he's fighting with it, it's going through the shredder that's built into the desk. How many things do you need to shred that you have to build in a shredder? I've seen an office desk with a built-in shredder. I that's insane. Well. Anyway, but he's like, get off my tie or whatever. Yeah. And he does. He, he doesn't get sucked into it like you think he might. So... We cut back to Phoebe Cates, who is trapped in an elevator, and now the gremlins are trying to drill through the walls or use an axe to get through the walls of the elevator to get to her, and a gremlin down at the bottom, who's messing with the electricity for the elevators, makes the elevator drop like 60 floors, which kills a ton of gremlins, but miraculously does not kill Phoebe Cates. It's actually a cool shot because when it falls, she like lifts off the air, uh, off the ground. Yeah, she mm-hmm. does. Yeah, I wonder how they did that. I don't know. Uh, all I know is that the guy, the little gremlin playing with electricity, has like an electrician's outfit. Yeah. And this is just, again, I'm like, where are they finding these gremlin-sized clothes? But it's not like an electrician outfit. It's like if uh, the village people had an electrician, that is what the village person who was the electrician would wear. Right. It is so next level. It's very silly. We then cut to, because there's a huge TV station in this building, we cut to a fake TV show called Movie Police with Leonard Maltin, which, and it is actually Leonard Maltin. It was so funny. I honestly wanted to know if this was his real review for Gremlins, and they were like, hey, we're doing a Gremlins 2. Do you want to come back and read your review as we kill you? <laughs> no, I think he gave Gremlins 1 a really good review. I mean, how could you not, Mikey? But he's covering <laughs> Gremlins in this scene, and then they show up in the background and strangle him with film so he also dies i guess you're right he does (laughs) die yeah and we cut back to them torturing gizmo with like some of the toys and like the train set and stuff and i really don't like it but it's they're being mean to him yeah we cut back to the genetics lab where this is where we see the tough tomatoes uh and we cut over to see that there's a gremlin drinking some of their dna juice for the vegetable medley and it grows veggies on its face and i hate it until it's a full veggie gremlin yeah i don't like it either this is one of the reasons (laughs) i did not eat vegetables when i was a kid (laughs) is this movie (laughs) now this is one of my favorite jokes in the movie but i feel like they couldn't take it in an even funnier direction because they needed a joke to go a certain way for the rest of the movie to work Yeah. But I will tell you what happens and then I'll tell you what I wish had happened. Okay. So one of the gremlins drinks the brain juice. Yes. And has a violent reaction, collapses, and then when he gets up, he has glasses and then analyzes the morality of genetic modifications. I love it. (laughs) Which is very funny. The only thing that would have made me laugh harder is if he had collapsed and had a violent reaction and gotten up and then just had glasses. (laughs) <laughs> that was all it did. <laughs> like that's what the brain serum did. It's just, just made him wear glasses. Just gave him glasses. Oh my gosh! Yes. And for a hot second before he spoke, I was like, "If they just gave him glasses, I'm gonna lose my damn mind." That's the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> But no, he he is actually brainy. And and it makes sense because they need the brainy gremlin to talk through the rest of the movie. But oh man, would it have been funny if he just had glasses. (laughs) Then they give another gremlin the bat serum. So he grows legs. And then they also give him what they call genetic sunblock, which if they have that, why didn't they give that to all of them? That didn't really make sense. Yeah, I'm surprised the brain guy didn't give him to himself. Yeah, I don't know. There was only so much of it to go around, and he knew that that guy had the power of flight, and he knew he was going places. 
places. So he wanted yeah. to give him the power to go outside. And he did. And he did. And this is where we also see that some of the smaller gremlins in the room have put on tiny lab coats. Yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the bat gremlin flies through the wall, leaving a perfect Batman logo, which they have oh, the rights God. to because it's Warner Brothers. I love and it. And it flies out into the sky. And the effects on it are so bad, it only makes it funnier. Oh, yes. yes. This is one of those things where better effects would make this movie worse. Yes. Yeah. We cut back to like the food court in the building where Veggie Gremlin is hiding in the salad bar. <laughs> and then we've got stock stockbroker Gremlins saying that they should buy canned food and shotguns. Yes. It's the smart. It's the genius Gremlin. He's like, oh, yes, it's a full on panic. We're just investing in. And, and canned food and shotguns. I love him. He's like, oh, is there a run on the bank in your area? Our banks are swarmed. <laughs> I also love that guy's voice. There is nothing not to love about Brainy the Gremlin. Yeah, Brainy Gremlin's hilarious. I even like the dumb ones in the background just being like, bye, bye, sell, sell. <laughs> yeah. Bye, bye, yeah. sell, sell. The, the amount of words the Gremlins learn and use is hilarious because it's <laughs> very specifically chosen. But so Phoebe Cates is now wandering down the hallway after having a severe head and probably spine injury from falling in that elevator. Yeah. And she comes upon a gremlin who's a flasher gremlin. <laughs> He's got like a little trench coat oh, and he just yes. flashes her and then she kicks it in the ball. <laughs> yeah. And it lifts it off the ground like it goes in the air. <laughs> yeah. She lays waste to his nuts. She punts it. Yeah. Yeah. Why like why would they make flasher gremlin? I don't know, but this is where they pull the fire alarm and we get the fire, the untamed elements. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh my uh, god. We cut outside where Murray and Sheila are at a local cathedral touring it. Uh, and the bat gremlin flies at them and he Murray basically knocks it into a pile of wet concrete, pours more concrete on it. It gets up, flies to the top of the church and then freezes on the edge of it like a gargoyle. I love this. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was cool. I remember looking at that as a kid and I was like, that is hilarious and awesome. It is pretty awesome. We then cut back to the toy section where while they're torturing gizmo they've built a lego gremlin yes yes like they've built it yes we then run into christopher lee in the lab or billy runs into christopher lee and he just says the horror they fought back i'll never hurt anything again there are some things we're not meant to splice <laughs> <laughs> and the head of security forrester just says we're not going to renew your lease yeah <laughs> and as they're having this conversation the film melts and we reveal that a gremlin has sabotaged the projector and they make this is insane it's, it's planet terror it's the missing real gag all over again <laughs> although i will say planet terror would have been better if hulk hogan was in it uh true now here's a fun fact in the VCR version, because this was eventually released on home video, yeah. uh, the filmmakers made it so that it looked like your VCR was broken by the Gremlins. And now they used old footage of John Wayne to basically tell you to re-continue the movie, um, even though they had to have somebody impersonate his voice because John Wayne had already died at the time. Interesting. 
Yeah. That's amazing. Kind of unique. Um, but so the missing reel is gone. They do a bunny and Abraham Lincoln for some Lincoln shadowing. Then they, <laughs> then they put on a movie that looks kind of like a softcore topless porn called Volley. Yes! It's Volleyball <laughs> Holiday. And we, we see a mom and a kid walk out of the theater and talk to basically the usher and just say, this is worse than the first one. The projectionist quits. And so the theater manager goes into the theater, finds Hulk Hogan sitting in the theater and has Hulk Hogan get up and yell at the gremlins in the projection booth. He tears his shirt open, breaks the fourth wall, and then the movie starts again. <laughs> It's insane. Yeah. It is one of those ideas that only can have come from cocaine. Well, allegedly Joe Dante took it from when he was seeing the first movie, a mom came out and complained to him directly, <laughs> which <laughs> I don't know how you can have the balls to be like, I know you made this, but my kid doesn't like it. And so he put it in this movie. Yeah. I do love that the manager of the theater that this happens in is like listening to the projectionist and the lady complain at him. And he's like, enough. I will solve this. And the only thing he does is go and get someone else to solve it. Although that someone else is Hulk Hogan, so that's a good call. I just think it's funny. Uh, because, Todd, that's called management. Yeah, says the guy who doesn't do anything at work except for put up Christmas decorations. I got someone else to put up those Christmas decorations. Exactly. Delegation! Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know, but those Christmas decorations belong to his aunt, and she got them from the orphanage. <laughs> oh, my God. Look, uh, my aunt's body was found wrapped in that, and she was putting it up at her house. Oh, you're lucky you're not Phoebe Cates, because while you were saying these things, he'd be like, Mikey, we don't have time for this. Shut up. <laughs> we cut back to the control room at Clamp Tower, where Dracula is watching all of the video screens, seeing that all the news reporters are outside talking about what's happening inside, but they mm -hmm. can't get inside. And this is his chance to broadcast the news as Dracula. So he <laughs> grabs Geru Watanabe uh, and he's like, can you work a video camera? And he says, work a camera. I am a camera. His only <laughs> line in the film. <laughs> I know, he's so great. I love this guy. So they go to the lab where the gremlins are just drinking all of the DNA shit. And one yeah. of them turns into electricity gremlin <laughs> who just kind of moves around as like a bolt of it, lightning. It becomes a lightning bolt. Yeah. Yeah. Becomes a lightning bolt, which kind of kills Christopher Lee, basically. But really dramatically. Really dramatically. And while that's happening, one of them throws acid on another gremlin. But my favorite thing is the acid just says acid do not throw in face and then he just deliberately throws it in one of the other gremlins faces and then he turns into a phantom of the opera gremlin yes it's new york baby i bet it was on broadway yeah uh then we get a sexy lady gremlin which Ooh. there's no explanation for how she got makeup or anything and she begins to basically sexually assault forrester who runs from her and as he's running, you hear her gremlin voice say, why can't you commit? Yeah, I thought it was <laughs> hilarious. I was like, oh, I bet Mikey's had to deal with this because she's fully wrapped around his leg. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, someday I want to meet a nice girl and then like get her back wet and then have babies. Oh, my God. Mikey, when you said get her back wet, the only thing I thought of was supermaning that hoe. Oh, no. I was talking about feeding her after midnight. Yeah, also, when you say feeding her after midnight, Mikey, I, I think it's something that's gross, too. There's literally no gremlin rule you could say in this context and not make me take it sexually. Anyways, <laughs> the gremlins have a gun. Uh, 
<laughs> and one of them drinks giant spider juice. Yes. And becomes a spider gremlin. I do love that in 1990, we thought we'd be able to distill DNA into a liquid form and then <laughs> drink it and then inhabit that DNA. I love 1990s understanding of science. That would have been great. Uh, this is a 30 year old movie, by the way. Yeah. This movie is 30 years old. Holds yes. up. Yeah. <laughs> have you never heard of CRISPR page? Yeah. This is le- legit how we do it now. <laughs> Uh, we cut outside to the news people, and one of them just says, what's in there? I can handle it. I've been to Beirut, which is a very topical <laughs> joke for the time. <laughs> and then he just says, I bet they miss you there. And then we see broadcasting live from inside the building. Yeah. It's Dracula. And then we see Gizmo working out, although we don't really know how he got off the train track or how he got away from people. No, we see him get off the train track. We see him like break his okay. bindings or whatever and then walk away. Yeah, because he thinks about Rambo. Yeah. yeah. He instead of like jumping into the fray immediately, he's like, you know what I need? Training montage. And that's what we get. And that is what we get. I love it. We cut back outside where the Futtermans stop the fire department from spraying the building with water. I love this scene. This scene is so like emotional for me. And I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because Futterman is like arguing with the guy. He's like, I know what these things are. I've had to battle them before. And then he's like, whatever, crazy guy. And he's like, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. <laughs> because he had like this nervous breakdown. I was never crazy. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah, and he realizes that he's actually not crazy. Like, he actually experienced what he experienced before. And it's like, I love that moment for him. I was so happy. All that for means him. to me is that Billy and Phoebe Cates are really good at gaslighting. Yeah. <laughs> they let him go to a psychiatric facility thinking gremlins were fake. Yeah. Yep. And he's a close family friend. He was like, he and his wife were going to stay at their apartment. Yeah. They yeah. gaslit a close family friend. I know. Uh, We see a glimpse of the spider gremlin before cutting up to the penthouse where Billy and Clamp are talking about what they're going to do. And the electricity gremlin gets there and Billy holds up the phone and like catches it in the phone system. That is exactly what happens, Paige. And he puts him on hold. Which makes no sense. I love that you can see him in the little TV on the phone, though. He's like, ah! <laughs> it is ridiculous that's how electricity works you guys yeah i mean 100 percent. if you have an electrical arc coming out of your outlets just hold your phone up to it guys i promise it'll be fine okay let me explain the scene in terms that you two people would understand oh, wow. okay wow wow, wow. that phone belonged to my father and it was the last <laughs> thing he gave me before he died okay so uh that phone basically is a jar with a key in it and then up the kite goes and then the lightning gremlin strikes the kite and that's how benjamin franklin discovered electricity boom science how do you like that page yeah how do you like that todd that made no sense i don't know he said it with authority so i joined his team that's true Uh, one one of my favorite things happens next where they watch like the end of civilization news video I love that. Which was real. That was real. That is a real thing. CNN has one. Yeah. CNN has one, and that's what they based it off of. I love that he's watching it and, like, getting (laughs) teary-eyed. Um, there's a really great 30 Rock episode. I love 30 Rock. Where they make fun of this, and they try to address it directly for each potential tragedy and so it's like when that tornado hit that handgun factory when the sharks (laughs) became aroused and our screams excite them sexually it's 
real crazy. <laughs> but so they in this scene, they start to make their plan and they decide that they're going to go at 420 blaze it. They then go out his secret exit, which basically is a tree that pops up on the sidewalk. And he goes outside. He's going to raise a panel to make them think that it's nighttime. Yeah. Yes, because the, the plan is to set back the clocks, get them in the lobby where they think it's night outside, but it's actually day. And then they're going to drop the sheet and cook them with the sunlight. Right. It's a great plan. It's a great plan. Is it? Eh. <laughs> uh, but at this, at this point, I have in my notes, is he a good guy or a bad guy? <laughs> Who, sexy Donald Trump? Yeah, because the movie doesn't seem to know. Where they're just like, ah, gentrification, but also he saves the day? He's a metaphor for capitalism. Yeah. He can be good or bad depending on how you use him. Yeah. If well-regulated, capitalism can work. If run amok, it's really bad. Yeah. The next scene, we see some of the gremlins watching Godzilla, and they're cheering and laughing for Godzilla. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and this is also where we find out that his boss has not evacuated, and she's just like, does anybody still work here? Hello? And walks into the giant web and isn't alarmed. It's just like, She's oh, walking in and spider webs. Leave a message and I'll call you back. Yeah. So meanwhile, we cut back to Gizmo's training montage. The secret exit is left open where clamp went outside so murray gets in the secret exit i remember thinking as a kid the secret exit was the coolest shit ever that is pretty cool that is it was cool i was like oh my god it comes up out of the sidewalk yeah disneyland (laughs) has those i was a dumb kid it's pretty cool like if and i think disney world has them too i've never been i don't know so the doofy gremlin turns on the ac and knocks billy out uh we cut back to gizmo who's basically builds a bow and arrow out of a paper clip yeah and we see on the clock that it's 418 oh so close we, to 420 guys so close blaze it uh we cut to <laughs> all the gremlins in the bar watching the brainy gremlin get interviewed by dracula i, I love this scene this scene he straight up shoots a gremlin on camera was that funny yeah. of course was it uncivilized naturally like it's yeah. so crazy <laughs> it's like he sounds like kelsey grammar it's really nuts i love it it's awesome oh man fuck if it had been kelsey grammar it's not and brainy just takes calls i would have loved this so much <laughs> spin off spin off yeah spin he just off. takes calls from like celebrity voices you didn't think were actually in fraser but if you google it there's like a ton of huge famous people that called into fraser that's super funny so billy wakes up and he's now in a dentist chair and the doofy gremlin is about to drill his teeth but my favorite part is that the doofy gremlin went to all the trouble of sanitizing all the dental tools <laughs> and they're all laid out like in position on well, listen, chest. the gremlins follow rules, right? This is true. They have rules they got to stand by. Yeah, I get it. No, okay, the gremlin society, <laughs> they commit to bits. They do. They That's do. what it is. Oh, my God. Can we make a Gremlins 3 where we figure out their actual weakness is not the sun or whatever. It is that they fully commit to yes and. And then we just have to figure out funny ways to get them to yes and kill themselves. Oh, kind of like that scene in Us where that kid just walks backwards for no reason. I want to start a reality show called When Yes Anding Goes Wrong. That's when a lot yes like Snapped. Goes wrong? <laughs> uh, this is a scene where yes ending goes wrong because Murray gets there just in time and shines. Yeah the dentist light on the gremlin and it scares him away but i'm like the gremlin had to set that light up yeah the <laughs> like, gremlin put that light there he commits to the bit 
<laughs> they commit to the bit over their safety. That guy got threw acid into another gremlin's face. Who yes, and the acid into becoming the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> so <laughs> Murray freeze, Murray freeze Billy. We cut to Billy's boss stuck in the web, and Phoebe Cates finds her, and she's like, "I could help you, or I could leave you there." And she admits that nothing happened, that she wanted to, but nothing happened. So Phoebe Cates cuts her out. But here comes the Spider Gremlin. And scary as shit. Scary yeah. as shit. This is the scariest part of the movie for me as a kid. This is the scariest part of the movie. And Gizmo pops out of the vent and uses a match to light a flaming arrow made of a pencil and like a Tylenol bottle. <laughs> and he lights the spider gremlin on fire and yes. burns the web. So Billy gets Gizmo. The girls cut their way out. Gizmo is now dressed like Rambo. And they just say, I guess they pushed him too far. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that every gremlin innately hates Gizmo because Spider Gremlin was like, Gizmo. Yeah, they all hate him. And he should be respected amongst them because he is their creator. Yes. yes. Well, at this point, we get Phoebe Cates looking off into the distance saying, don't mention Abraham Lincoln. Something terrible happened to me on oh his birthday God. when I was six or seven. I went to the park and a dude who looked like Lincoln and then they drag her hey, away. Paige, 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 before you finish, let's just, <laughs> we, we don't have time for all this. Let's just move on. One, she fully got molested in that park by a guy who looks like Abraham Lincoln. I know. Everybody doesn't have time for it. They're like, okay, we just gotta go. And now, correct me, okay, because her, her dad got stuck in the chimney yes. on Christmas, right? Yes. Right, they found the body like three days later in the chimney because of the smell. <laughs> I just and that, that was like... the first movie when no one had time to listen to her traumatic story. This woman needs a friend. Like, she has no one that will listen to her. I just love that they called it back. Because it yeah. must have been that people saw the first one and were just like, what the fuck with that? And they were just like, oh, you thought we weren't going to do it again? <laughs> <laughs> what I love about that is sort of what I love about some comics. Like, they will know, like, okay, I did this joke. It didn't go well. And normally, they would then switch it up so they wouldn't do that, that string of jokes. But there are comics who will lean into it and then sort of like it becomes funny because they can't stop doing a joke that's not working and then the, that becomes funny so like that's what it felt like to me because they were just yeah. like oh it was insane it's rude it's horrible we're doing it again put your fucking seatbelt on it's gonna happen which is a gamble it doesn't always work out oh it works in this movie in this movie it works so well i was scream <laughs> laughing and then from there we cut down to the lobby where all of the gremlins have assembled because yeah. brainy gremlin has to sing new york new york like frank sinatra <laughs> i love it well what else are you gonna do anything <laughs> literally anything. logically the only thing you got to do now yeah I i'm guess. honestly with mikey on this one logically it's the only thing you can do is sing new york new york and then like, you have dracula in the background being like it seems like the gremlins have gathered in the lobby for a dance a, a musical, musical number, number. <laughs> a musical number. and they do the lady gremlin face and she comes out of the eyeball oh my and there's god like a conga line and we see flashes of their plans to take over the statue of liberty they've got like blueprints out that they're dancing around <laughs> and outside mr clamp is gonna drop the cloth but there's suddenly a cloudy storm and it's gonna rain which would just create so many more mogwai too many wops too, too many wags you got them wet ass gremlins my favorite thing also you see one gremlin making a martini and he just picks an olive off the veggie gremlin yes. and puts it in his drink <laughs> 
That's yes, oh and to the nth degree. I know they they get tattoos. Uh, one of them gets a Warner Brothers logo tattoo. Oh my and then god! We have the Phantom of the Opera gremlin playing the organ. Yeah. And at this point, Billy's like, "We gotta basically aim a fire hose into this lobby and keep Gizmo from getting wet. But we gotta get them all, everyone else, wet." So Murray kills a gremlin, like throws him down an elevator shaft, gets to the hose, sprays everyone. We get way more back bubbles, which I hate. It's so gross. And then Phoebe Cates hacks the building. Well, at least the phone system, yeah. The phone system to get the electric gremlin that's on hold upstairs and take the call. So it shoots out and electrocutes everyone in the room, which makes <laughs> no sense at all. It doesn't, but who gives a shit? But who, who cares? cares, man? How is he going to end it? Yeah. yeah. They all start to melt. We get a Wicked Witch gremlin. The melting is nasty. It's it is super real gross. Yeah. nasty. I just have in my notes, who's going to clean this up? It's very viscousy. Very. Uh, but Paige, I like that you're, in your notes, your question gets answered because they definitely show you who cleans it up. They do because a SWAT team shows up, but they can't get in because all the revolving doors are closed. <laughs> they get in. Dracula's broadcasting and Clamp is like, well, you're the new news anchor. Go buy yourself clothes, which again means he just dresses like Dracula all the time. Yeah, that's just his norm. And they just start shooting any gremlins that are still moving, which is brutal. <laughs> But necessary, Paige. Necessary. Billy introduces Marla, his boss, to Mr. Clamp. And he says, you work for me, don't you? And she just says, very, very hard. Yeah, and she does. so he makes her head of public relations. Yep. Um, Sheila comes in with the camera. And Clamp isn't sad because he's insured for damages. But he basically is like, this whole building was just a place for things, not people. <laughs> I love this whole thing. I love it, too. It's so bad shit. It's so crazy. <laughs> Billy saved his drawings and Clamp sees it. He wants to build basically their town in Jersey. Clamp Corner. Where life slows to a crawl. Yeah. Uh, and then he meets Gizmo and is like, oh, we need to merchandise this. Dolls with suction cups, uh, but we should get rid of the headband. And they're like, Gizmo likes the headband. And Gizmo's like, because he's Rambo now. And then Billy's like, he likes the headband. And the CEO is like, yeah, it's it's negotiable. Whatever, man. Like, I, yeah. He's like, I don't care. Like, um, we, they go to go home outside. Sheila is taking notes from Marge from microwave with Marge. And she just says a thin glaze of pasteurized processed cheese on top yeah. as we pass. <laughs> and she turns to her husband and she's like, Oh, it's your favorite. And he goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gizmo asks if they have cable and they're like, no. And this is where we reveal that Forrester, the head of security is trapped upstairs in the tower, in the bathroom, where a lady, a surviving lady gremlin, not the right. one that got killed downstairs, is in a wedding dress and has clearly sexually assaulted him multiple times. Many times, yes. Many times. She tosses the bouquet at him and the camera goes close on his face and he's like grossed out and then he reconsiders, question mark? I think it's Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Then I just have in my notes, does he fuck this gremlin? And that's the movie. That's yeah. the and end that's of the movie. That's the movie, yes. It ends on a cliffhanger. And then the first card we get is just Howie Mandel as the voice of Gizmo. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. We got through it, guys. We what got are your final thoughts? It. This is a perfect film. Change nothing. Instant classic. Yeah. Honestly, no notes. This movie's amazingly insane. It feels like House 2 to me. Like, it's not a good movie. It's an amazing it's movie. It's a perfect movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it yeah. transcends time movie. and space. It's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. 
absolutely. Okay, can we have a real conversation about how the hell has this property not been remade or brought back into the current? You watched what we watched, pop- right? Yeah, Mikey, <laughs> like, like, you saw what we saw with your eyeballs, right? They have remade a lot worse than Gremlins. Yeah, uh, I just I think they saw this one and they're like, where could we go from here? Like it's we can't top it. <laughs> they remade the thing. We did it last week. Paige, I have three words for you. Gremlins in space. <laughs> <laughs> How is this not a thing? Okay, so that was one of the original pitches for this movie. Wait, really? Yeah, it was. Wow. I unlocked a fun fact with my shitty joke. There yeah. you go. I mean, what I want is a sequel where we follow the children of the lady gremlin and the man in the bathroom. Oh, oh my, my god. god. No, I want to I want to reboot with Gizmo and rules that make more sense because it wouldn't take much tweaking to make like a really cool franchise. We're like, these things could be horrifying. They could be, but also hilariously horrifying. <laughs> I, like, gonna... I want I want the horror of yes anding until everyone's dying. Gremlins people <laughs> just on yes anded bits the whole time. People dressed as chefs throwing knives and trying to cook, cook people. <laughs> I like it. I like where this is going. Yeah, no no notes. No notes on this movie. <laughs> this movie's amazing. Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? Oh my god, there's so many fun facts. <laughs> we will not get through all of them. That is what we, I wanted to hear, that's Paige. What, I was trying to pepper some of them through. There's so much about this movie. Uh, so let's get started. So the opening aerial shot of New York City, the one that airs over the credits, is actually stock footage from Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. <laughs> Hell yeah. In a deleted scene, the gremlins release all the animals in the Splice of Life lab. And during the filming of that scene, the monkeys in the lab were so afraid of the gremlin puppets, they refused to leave their cages. Oh, my God. I would love to watch that scene. Oh, my God. Uh, So Sir Christopher Lee is in this movie, and it's directed by Joe Dante, who also directed the original Howling. So the first thing that Christopher Lee did upon being cast was apologize to the director for appearing in Howling 2. Your sister is a werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) A job is a job, baby. I get it. Now, I think you guys covered on the last Gremlins episode how Gremlins is part of the reason that the PG-13 rating exists. Yeah. And this movie is gets a PG-13 rating. It, they consider this one, I guess, more thematically adult than the first one, which I think is a little crazy, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I think the gore is more adult in this one, but I think the first one is scarier and darker. Oh, the yeah. first one is definitely darker and scarier. Yes. So the scene with the lost reel is actually uh, inspired by a stunt by William Castle and his film The Tingler from 1959. And that's actually inspired a lot of people. Now, William Castle used to do things like Smell-O-Vision and a bunch of other stuff. He's a huge influence on John Waters. So like he's influenced a ton of people, but specifically that lost reel to make it seem like the Gremlins had taken over whatever theater you were in is inspired by The Tingler. Uh, Aside from Mohawk, who's the one that looks like Stripe, the other three Mogwai are called George, Lenny, and Daffy. The first two, George and Lenny, a reference to Of Mice and Men. Men. Ah, that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. In in the original script, there was an alternate ending where they give uh, Gizmo a wetsuit. (laughs) 
Oh, I like that. You guys kind of hit on this. I didn't bring it up at the time, but when Billy is trying to explain the rules to Forrester's staff, they find them absurd and interrogate him on the application of the rules. And this scene originates from the fact that the filmmakers themselves saw the rules as irrational. And some of the questions <laughs> in the scene were based upon questions asked by fans of the original movie. Awesome. It does feel like that. In one of the corridors of Clamp Tower, one of the nameplates says Vetroscope Labs, which is a reference to the movie Inner Space, which came out just a couple years before. So we know that Howie Mandel is the voice of Gizmo, but a lot of the other gremlins, especially particularly their hiccups and some of their other voices, are archived recordings of Mel Blanc's hiccups from various Looney Tunes shorts. Really? Oh. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, I guess they could do it for free because they own Looney Tunes. Yeah. But it's just so interesting they wanted to bring that back. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and I'll end on this one because there are literally pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of this. There's like an oral history of this movie. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but I'll end on director Joe Dante prefers this one to the first one. <laughs> I think I do too Although I will fully admit Movie like what's a better movie The first one is This one's more fun to watch Yeah agreed yes. agreed yeah. agreed And that's it for our fun facts Well thank you for your fun well, facts you page fun facts. Let's do some box office Let's do it What do you guys think the production budget was In 1990 for Gremlins oh, 2 I think this was actually expensive I think they poured I some money so into this <laughs> I mean, it really only takes place in that one building, but yeah. But that's a built set. I like, know, it's huge. huge. It's a huge building, a bunch of sets, yeah. I'm going to say 20 mil for the 90s. I'm going to say 10 million. Okay. It was $50 million. Holy shit. Did you say 50? 50. Yes. Five zero million dollars. No way. So if you adjust for inflation, that's a hundred million dollars today because Reagan just ruined the economy. So like inflation's gone insane the past thirty years. Okay, so that means that this movie bombed, and I know it bombed because they didn't make any more. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. So this movie that makes this so much funnier that it was so expensive. (laughs) I know. Why did they wait six years to make a sequel and then spend $50 million on it? Oh, I know because Christopher Columbus wasn't even able to work on the second one because he was making Home Alone at the time. So they had other projects. Yeah. This movie came out June 15th, 1990, which inadvertently answers a question we had from before because Jesus Jones put out the song Right Here, Right Now (laughs) on September 11th, 1990. And that, as we all know, officially ended the Cold War. So the Cold War was still happening during this time, hence the hate of Russians. Gotcha. So what do you guys think it made in its first weekend out? 15 million. 5 million. You guys are right on either side of it. So Gremlins 2 made $9.7 million in its first weekend out. It was beat by Dick Tracy. Another 48 hours. Total Recall. Yes. Gremlins was number four. Back to the Future Part 3 was number five. Yes. So imagine this week. All of those movies are instantly recognizable movies from 1990, and it was up against them. Another one, I don't normally go past fifth, but sixth that week was Pretty Woman. Oh, man. Well, so would you consider Total Recall a horror movie? I wish. I know. I just want to watch Total Recall. Me too. 
the real horror movie is that one lady with three boobs is back pain. <laughs> Total Recall is classified as a science fiction action film. Unfortunately, not horror, so we can't do it. Damn it! Although, I mean, it might be a rom-com. Anyway, so it made $9.7 million in its first weekend out. What do you think it went on to make total for its domestic run? 30. Yeah, I'm going to say 30. Okay, it did a little bit better. It made $41.4 million, which is way below its budget. It lost domestic, quite right? a bit of money. Yeah, it did not have an international release, though. Oh. It only made $41 million. I'll say this, though. It definitely made the rest of that money back in the home market. Yeah. In like VHS and DVD and all that stuff. I don't have the numbers on that because movies this old don't typically track. But yeah. it made a lot. So I'm sure it didn't make nearly as much money as they thought it would or hoped it would. And to put it in perspective, Gremlins, the first one, made $148.9 million. Damn. So it made way below what the original one made. So I'm sure they were disappointed with what it made. And so they didn't make Gremlins 3, Gremlins in space. <laughs> 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 but that's the box uh, office, guys. All right, let's do Scary Scale. Yeah. I think I have some answers on what we're going to pick. But Scary Scale is a scale <laughs> 1 to 10 of how scary we found the film. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's not a scale of quality because this would be 100. It's a scale of how... <laughs> on a scale famously 1 to 10, this would be 100 on the quality scale. <laughs> uh, do we need to go around dramatically, or do you want to just all say no, one? No, no, let's go dramatically for sure. For yeah, let's sure. do it. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> That's a drum roll. Page? Hard seven. <laughs> <I'm gonna>, <laughs> uh, it's a one. <laughs> it's a one. Yeah, it's a one for me too, dog. Uh, yes, that is also a one for me as well. Yeah, Thank I mean, you. it's not, it's a horror comedy. It's not meant to be super scary. There are horror elements, but it's not scary. Yeah. So this week, you guys made me watch Gremlins 2, and next week is the listener request. So we sourced all these movies on Patreon, and you guys voted on your final four, and then voted again on what would win. The theme was winter horror, and you guys settled on the Swedish, I believe, horror movie Let the Right One In. And I've never seen it, but from what I understand, it's a sort of scary vampire movie. Wikipedia calls it a romantic vampire horror movie. So, guys, your homework is to watch Let the Right One In for next week. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Not yet. Well, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast, and that is simply to leave us a five-star text review and, you know, make it fun. Have uh, Mikey read something that's a little silly, a little fun, you know, any of that stuff. Or just say, you know, Todd's the best, long live Todd, and then that'll be it. We'll just have Mikey read that. He'll hate that so much, it'll make me laugh. <laughs> so, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? <laughs> yeah, I've had a... Funny awesome. One. What do you got? Okay. Uh, this is by Miss Amanda R. Okay. Nice. The title of this review is Chef's Kiss. <laughs> oh, like, mwah. Mwah. I love it. And uh, <laughs> she would like it if, uh, please read this as if you were a villain explaining his evil plan. Oh, I love this. Can you start it off with what you don't understand, Mr. Bond? <laughs> <laughs> what you don't understand, Miss Amanda. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. Hold on. I've got to get into character. <laughs> what I expect of you, Miss Amanda, is to listen to this review. <laughs> she says, not to be dramatic, but this podcast taught me how to laugh out loud again. Oh, my God. That's so sweet, but also sad a little bit. <laughs> like a lot of people, I have struggled with mental illness. This oh. is hard to make jokes out of, Miss Amanda. <laughs> 
Todd. These past two years, I have been working on being kind to myself and understanding my own brain. That's great. It's been a process that takes many small steps. It absolutely does. I am there. One of these steps was this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Recommended by mental health professionals around the globe. Horror This podcast has brought me so much joy. And has reminded me how important laughter is. Aw. I have been laughing. <laughs> my villain's more unhinged. <laughs> Much more in my life since I started listening. And it has helped reduce my anxiety. To ashes! <laughs> oh my god, did she write to ashes? No, I'm adding that as a oh, flair. It's an ad lib. I like it though. Uh-huh. Mikey, don't uh-huh. change a thing. No notes. <laughs> yeah. I think it's very fitting for a comedic podcast about horror movies. Thank you. I absolutely love this podcast. I do too, and I love you for saying it. Thank you so much, Miss Amanda R. P.S. Oh, there's a postscript page. Todd. Yes. I am also a horror virgin. There are horror dozens of us. <laughs> Unite. Oh, I love it. Yes. Miss <laughs> Amanda stars. R. I am here for this review. I love you so much. Guys, if you want to have your five-star review run right on the podcast, like the wonderful Miss Amanda R. just did, leave us a five-star review. So we are a member of the Consequence Podcast Network. And if you would check out their other podcasts at consequenceofsound.net, uh, or if you want to check out our stuff, we are at horrorvirgin.com. Or if, and if you want to help financially support the show, please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin, where there's literally hours of bonus audio and video content, listener requests like you were able to participate in to pick what movie we're doing next, all that kind of stuff. So guys, check out the Patreon. And if you can't help financially support the show, but still want your daily free Horror Virgin content, go to the Facebook group. And it's like 1,500 people hanging out, talking about horror having a good time, supporting each other. It's a great, really welcome community. It's awesome. If you like this power thruple and you want to hear us talk about romantic movies, check out our other podcast, Romancing the Pod. Paige is also on Cult Podcast and Black Card Rehab. And if you want to follow our show on social, we are at Horror Virgin. We are all available individually on socials as well. Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere but Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mm -hmm. Mikey is at MRandolph24, and I am at Todd J. Awesome everywhere. So follow us. This episode was brought to you by Nick Nick B. B. Nick B, fun fact. Oh, yeah? He hates, what's that holiday? Uh, Remember, remember the 5th of November? Guy Fox Day? Yeah, because he was approached in a park when he was a child with a <laughs> Guy <Fox Day>. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Phoebe Cates. Mikey, we have no time for this. We can't talk about this. I'm going to fully ignore you. <laughs> but we don't have time to talk about the fun fact. We have to move on. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was also brought to you by Ori. Ori. And Ori legit is a lifesaver. She figured out how to hack the phone system at work so she could transfer a very electric call down to the (laughs) lobby. And let's just say it saved lives, guys. (laughs) (laughs) This episode's also brought to you by Brandon. And Brandon would like to... Yeah, you do not like this one because you don't like bugs, but Brandon has a family bug business. Yeah, I bet he has a picture behind his couch of his family bug business. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) His grandfather started it. It's called Bug Cage Company, and you can find it on Facebook if you have any tarantula, spider, scorpion, centipede, millipede, or other upede needs. The fact that you can just order a scorpion, like I could get one sent to your house. Is it live? Does it show up and it's like, get me out of this box i want a refund if it was not (laughs) they like chill them out so they're very slow and then they ship them and then when you open them they like 
kind of thaw out a bit. I watch a lot of bug opening unboxing videos on YouTube. That's what? a what? thing? Who are these people? Brandon, I demand you start bug unboxing on YouTube. This episode also brought to you by Scott. Scott. And Scott wants everyone to check out the Indiegogo campaign for the hopefully upcoming movie Christmas Chaos. Check it out. And if you can give, give. And let's see if we can get this movie made. A movie called Christmas Chaos. So if you guys want to help with that, go to Indiegogo and just search Christmas Chaos. It literally is the only thing that'll come up about it. So search Christmas Chaos and you'll see it. They do need $12,000. So let's see if we can help them get there. We now return you to another episode of... The, the Patrioticals. All right, welcome back. In the Himalayas, it's Shangri-La-La-La-La, <laughs> where Kate, when we last <laughs> left her, everyone's panicking because Kate almost, I think she's dead. She's in the Himalayas or whatever. She's covered under there because uh, what happened last week, you'll have to listen in to find out from last week. I'm not going to recap. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha and Eddie are together. Right. And Sasha was like, look, Eddie, I've analyzed the behavior of your talking to animals I found out that there's a super special animal around here. I've been analyzing the stuff while you guys were like fighting or whatever. And you can call a special animal. And so Eddie was like, he's like, how do I call it? She's like, you have to do these musical notes. So he was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I thought you said musical notes, not fully just weird moans. (laughs) Uh, one man's weird moans is another man's music okay that's true baby that's true and what appears is a creature it's a mammalisk it it looks like a mammal and um it's big like 140 pounds but like waist high that's a big waist high almost mammal it looks like a giant gizmo slash kangaroo hybrid okay with a pouch and then eddie's like what the fuck are you and then this thing is like i'm awesome possum blossom it's nice to meet you (laughs) oh he's polite too he's the polite awesome possum blossom i I have heard about you eddie the one who talks to mammals and i'm super excited about it he's like can you dig up our friend kate from down the mountain and just like yeah whatever and then goes and digs kate up and brings kate back in her pouch i'm sorry the awesome possum blossom put kate in his pouch and came back yeah that's insane. And uh, and Kate was like, that was really warm. Thanks for warming me up. I was really cold because of the snow avalanche. And then um, Tristam, who has been fighting evil robots the whole time that this ridiculous conversation has been going on, was like, guys, we're in an evil city. We got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, come on now. And uh, <laughs> Oh, my God. So they get back into the giant helicopter thing and they fly off. The fl- giant helicopter thing that we know doesn't fly. It's just Kate carrying them around in it. But yeah. Yeah. Cut to Cape Canaveral, Florida. Uh, <laughs> a plane lands. It's a jumbo jet. And they get out. It's Isaac, Matthew, Karun, and Dave. And Karun's like, finally, that looks like a shitty spaceship with your, I hate Earth. Like, I've been here for like <laughs> six weeks. This place sucks so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and and Isaac's like, yeah, I did a lot of this, but it was not great before. 
And so <laughs> Evil Matthew was like, yeah, I there's not a lot of people to be evil to anymore. So I just want to, like, get out. It's the Honestly, that's what happens when you're so successful at evil that there just aren't enough people to be evil to anymore because you've been so evil. You killed off everybody else. Yes. They, like, see the space shuttle and the boosters or whatever, the classic. Yeah. They were going to go on a mission before the Sunny D virus. And but now it's just sitting there. And uh, Karun's like, I'm super smart. And I also have a, yeah, I can figure this out. So let's just go get this thing done. And so uh, <laughs> Isaac and Evil Matthew kill all the guards. Isaac eats a couple of them. And, and Evil Matthew's like, I'm not super into eating people. I don't <laughs> like to do that. Like, I'll do it if they're offered. But, like, I'm yeah, not going to go like out of my way to find fried, people. I'm more into it. Yeah. Do we have any honey mustard? Yeah. He's just like, I like the joy of killing, you know, not the eating. <laughs> He's more for sport. Right. They kind of get into it. And Dave and Karun go to the space shuttle where Karun starts fixing it up, like getting it ready for pre-launch or whatever. And it's all automated, so it's pretty easy. So he just figures that out. But they're they're on top of the space shuttle, like up on the big tower or whatever. And he just pushes Dave off to kill him because he was like, thought it would be funny. So Dave falls to his death. Wait, do they leave him? Because normally when they kill him, they collect him so he can re like organize or whatever. However, he comes back together T2 style. Right. So do they just leave him like on the launch pad or do they do, do they go down, pick him up and like put him in a bag and carry him with them? Well, this is just the, 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 the this is just setting up next week. Cause uh, evil Matthew and Isaac are killing people. Uh, they open the spaceship and inside is an astronaut named Dylan. Oh, you son of a bitch. and then he's like i just saw you throw that guy off there and he's like don't worry that guy like comes back to life every time don't worry about it he's like are you an alien and he's like yes i have blue skin what do you think yes and that's this week's episode i guess okay are they gonna leave dave behind on earth how is dylan staying alive on his own in florida what makes a possum awesome and blossom (laughs) find out next week on another episode of the, the Patreonicals. All right, that's going to be it for us this week. I'm Paige. Now, Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd, guys. Keep it oogie spooky. Ooh. Have an amazing week. Bye. Mogwai nerds. So, are like gremlins sentient? So, is it like murder if you kill them? Yeah, I think so. They're kind of like poplars. It is, Mikey. Yes. Consequence Podcast Network.